What up, pimps? What up, everybody? What up, what up, Chris? How you doing, David? All right, man. All right. I'm ready for spring break. Sweet Jesus. Yeah, I bet. Must be nice to have a spring break. Must be nice not to have to deal with teenagers all day. <laughs> yes, There's it a is. trade-off. There's a trade-off. You get to spend a lot of time where nobody's like, hey, Mr. Rawshadle, I need this, and if you don't do it right now, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah, That's but you're true. 13. You can chill out for a minute. I can't, though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk out of the room. <laughs> all right, dude. That is the trade-off. All right, let's get into it. what we've been playing and watching. Uh, what have you been getting after? Dude, this uh, this new TV show on Netflix, this adult animation. This Yeah, uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. I, I got after it, too. We didn't know we were both going to watch no, it. No, I, I had no idea that you were going to watch this. It's a Death, Love, and Robots, right? Yes. It's really good. Yeah, it's, it's great. If you're a fan of like sci-fi and uh, kind of that cyberpunk aesthetic, kind of futuristic, almost like a Black Mirror tinge yeah, that, to it a little what, bit. That's what, that's what Beck and I compared it to because they're all standalone episodes. Mm-hmm. They all kind of have this message. I don't know. They're It's a little edgy at times. Oh, yeah. It's a little oh, edgy. Definitely. Yeah, I mean... There's some, there's some, you know, language and graphic content, some nudity, some yeah. intense gore at times. But and I mean, the first episode will show you the wide range of things you might come across while watching this show. Anime titties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's got it all. Uh, <laughs> some better than others, but it's kind of weird because each episode is like a little bit different. Some are like ten minutes long. Some, some are, are like, fifteen. Yeah. There's one that we watched last night that was five. Yeah, some are really short. I don't think any of them that I've watched are over twenty minutes long. So they're yeah, no, they're they're really quick watches and they're they're really cool. They're super engaging. They developed a lot of story in that short amount of time. Yeah. And, well, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that everybody behind it is well adept to short uh, stories, yeah. like uh, short films, because that's essentially what every episode is, and they they really nail it. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. It to me, the animation style is is really cool, and it's it's the first new style of animation because it, it's very clearly computer generated. It's that yeah. first new style that I'm really liking, and to be honest, sometimes from certain angles. The people look real. Oh yeah, and that's it's super. It's super weird. That yeah, there's some moments where it almost seems like they shot actual footage and then digi- digitized it after yeah. the fact. And this is this is what we were talking about. But yeah. you know, you know, it's all hand drawn. Then in, in the next half second, when they when they transition the scene, and it's well. This- and what's really cool too is like each episode. At least I've watched the first four. I know you've watched a few more than that. I've watched. I think the first. And I think I watched Seven, four or five more. Something okay. like that. What's really interesting is, besides the fact that each episode there's some different people behind it, but the overall creator is uh, Tim Miller, I think. So he did like Deadpool, and he. What's interesting is each episode has a really cool look to it artistically, and it's all different. I mean, one episode looks different than another episode. Exactly, like and the I animation. Thought, and I thought I thought going from episode one to episode two, it was going to be super similar, but it was it was yeah. not. It was very different. And then again to episode three, the yeah. Witness episode. I Everything mean, total, looks totally different. Dude, that was that was kind of cool. I like that episode a lot. That, the one. So I thought I had predicted what it was going to be about in the first like couple minutes. I was like, okay. Like maybe this will. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but they. I thought it was going to go one way, and it went another way at the very end. And I, I thought at, that at the, at the cool. very at the very end, it was super cool. That ending yes. was sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Suits was awesome too. That was the fourth episode. That was like the farmer episode. Oh yeah, I like that one. <laughs> it was a lot. Really cool. It had a super similar vibe to Quiet Place, which yeah. I I liked. I liked that. It yeah, was, I did too. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's just it's it's a super breath of fresh air. Yeah. In terms of in terms of what I've been watching, it's so different. 
It is so unique. I really, really recommend this to all my people who like comic books, to all my people who like um, just Kinda animation. Out there. Yeah, out, out there, there out there things. Very this mature is, rated. This, Yeah, this is not for children. This is no. not not for children. No. This is adult animation. I would also say that it is, it's a little bit incel-y. Do you know when I say incel, do you know what that means? Uh, I think. Uh, so, I like, mean, it's, it's, it's this group of, like, people online. Who okay, are, so you're using it as an as a adjective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. it's, That's what I thought you were doing. Yeah, so in, incels are involuntary celibates, and they're these people who are, like, I don't get laid because women's standards are too high. No, it's not. It's not because you don't like bathe once a day, or like it's not because you don't brush your teeth or work out or anything. Like it's women, and that uh, gives like a little bit of an incel vibe. Personally, yeah, <laughs> I, I think you could still enjoy this. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, most certainly. And I think I think most people who are going to enjoy this are are going to be like your average dude. But like, I got a real strong feeling that the incel community and like that weird part of the internet is going to really glom onto this. It's a pretty nerdy show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if yeah, if you if you're pretty much pretty into sci-fi, I think you'll you'll dig this one a lot. Um I finally watched uh, Spring Breakers. Finally did watched you? that. Yeah, what did you think of it? What was your It was so thought? strange. Yeah, it's it was a strange one. It was a strange, strange film. How'd you like Alien? James I, Franco's I thought I thought that was the highlight of the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought James Franco was Maybe the only good part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought a lot of the rest of that movie. And Becca was saying, "Well, this is Vanessa Hudgens, and she was in Selena Gomez." Yeah, and I I just said I don't recognize any of these people. I was like, I recognize you in Franco. <laughs> I don't recognize anybody else. Yeah, which I think I think shows you know my upbringing and you know my my personal background and everything. But I just didn't know those people at all. Um, I thought that James Franco was cool. I thought some of the things that the movie showed were cool. I thought that it was super nihilistic, which I liked. Um, I didn't like. I didn't like the cinematography all that much. It was mm. super overwashed, and I don't even remember it. It's not memorable, but people people often point to it as a really good example of that neon style. I, I don't like it personally. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. Like it kind of had that aesthetic. I have not seen it since it first released. I think in 2013. So that's been like a solid yeah. six years for me. So I don't remember much. But um, that was made by A24, right? Yeah, that was I believe their very first movie. And then I followed that up with this weekend. I watched uh, The Green Room with Becca for the first time. She had never nice. seen that. Nice. Yeah, dude, that movie is super gory. Yeah, <laughs> and so I don't much know. fun though. I really like that yeah, movie it's such a, a lot. Fun movie. Yeah, I. Not and, for the faint of heart either. <laughs> and there, there's really nobody in that movie that I know. Really, there's there's no big names in that film besides An- Patrick Stewart. Yeah, and Anton Yelchin, who is you know he was in Star Trek, the Star yeah, Trek yeah. movies, and a few other things. But yeah, I mean, as far as big names, you've got Patrick Stewart. That's basically it. And he's he's in the movie for what five ten minutes. Yeah. Well, a few of the other people I recognize, but I don't know their names. Yeah. One of them is like one of the brothers on Peaky Blinders. He's like the younger And then one. there's there's the dude who's the security guard that's with them. Yeah. I recognize him from something, but I don't yes, know Yes, I do too. Uh, he was definitely in something else I watched recently. No, I, I like I like this whole punk rock aesthetic. I liked I liked neo-Nazi type thing going on. I don't like the neo-Nazi part, but I liked... I don't know. I think it was a cool look at a part of life I don't know a whole lot about. Like, I don't, I don't get the whole neo-Nazi agenda. Oh, yeah. Me, I mean... Bunch of I've, nut jobs in that I've movie. Been to, I've been to I've been to punk rock shows, but I've never been to one where there have been Nazis or at yeah. least open Nazis. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was a really really cool movie. I think Becca was really uncomfortable with a lot of it. Um, there's one scene in particular that I still cringe at, even though I've seen the movie three or four times now. Um, it's when they choke out the security guard, 
and then they're like, yeah. how, how do how do we check if he's dead or if he's just passed out? And the right. girl takes the box cutter and she just cuts open his stomach. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's gnarly. <laughs> and, like, and then the scene where he reaches out to give him the gun and they just hack his arm oh, with a machete. Yeah. And then his arm comes in and it's just dangling on by a couple pieces of skin. And they use duct tape. Yeah, they to use tape duct tape. To, yeah, this shit is oh, gnarly. It's, the whole movie is super punk rock. Yeah. And I like that a lot. Very gory. Um. And then we followed that up because Becca said, I am not feeling good about life. I want to do something nice. And I said, okay. So we watched Christopher Robin, <laughs> which nice. was actually a lot of fun. Ewan uh, McGregor, right, is in that? Yes, he's I the, believe so. He's the main. Yes. He's Christopher Robin? Yes. Yeah. Um, it was fun. It was actually a lot of fun. And it was the original voice actor for Pooh. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know they so that. So that. that was really nostalgic. And he, he said things that, that I remember from reading in the books or from watching the TV shows and things when I was younger. And it was, it was really nice. And I don't know. I, like one of, my favorite, one of my favorite quotes from Winnie the Pooh is, um, I am so lucky that I have something that makes me happy to come home. Mm. And that, that has always just stuck with me. And that, yeah. I don't know why. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I can't remember anything from Winnie the Pooh, but I mean, it's cool that you have that memory from it. Yeah, it's it was it was cool, and I know that this movie got a lot of shit. It was kind of, yeah lukewarm reviews. Yeah, wasn't wasn't huge. But on net on Netflix, I think it was well worth your time. Okay, I will keep that in mind. What do you what have you been watching besides? Well, the- I've been I've been watching some more Entourage. Yeah. Um, Love that show. It's just cool seeing like the rise to fame of of Vincent, yeah. Vinny Chase, and uh, Vinny. I will say this though. I mean, the show came out in 2004. I think it ran for like eight seasons. It feels dated. Oh my god! Like, absolutely. Just even some of the things that the characters say, you're like, nope, you can't say that now. Oh, like, like when they call it to the gay or retarded. And yeah, stuff? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like <laughs> very common and just like accepted uh, in that time frame, at least in the show. Oh was. my god! Well, that was and, that was terminology that was accepted almost. Yeah. Well, that's almost 20 years ago now, right? That would have been that would. It's been 15 since it aired, right? So we're getting close to 20 years. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, different time back then, but very entertaining show. Um, that one is not on Netflix. That's an HBO. I'm watching on Amazon Prime. However, I did find out that our HBO did not go away. We still have it. It just oh. for some reason locked us out on my TV app and on PlayStation. So you relogged in and now it's working again? on a on a laptop, yeah. Oh, okay. And we had to like reinitialize the devices. So okay. Hello, so anyway. Christopher. Oh, okay. You're looking <laughs> to get that HBO subscription? I could maybe help you out. I'd like that a lot. We could try it out. Um, I don't know if it lists a limit for how many devices. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, worst, worst case scenario is I bump myself off. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> no, I know. I know so, what this game is. I've shared subscriptions before. I know what this right. is. I'm I'm, I'm at the very bottom of the list of. Remind dudes. me later. I'll send you over the login info. Sounds cool. So yeah, more entourage. Played some Call of Duty. We actually played some Call of Duty. Yeah, that was that was not fun initially. My reaction time in that game is not not what it should be because I'm playing. I've been yeah. playing so much Apex where everything moves so quickly. Feels different and things are punchier. And then in this game, it's just very much more uh, bare bones. Very, very, very bare bones. Very slow. <laughs> Which oh I, yeah, yeah. Because we play. We should probably specify. We played uh, Modern Warfare Remastered. It is. So. It uh, the first couple movements. I don't know if you heard me, but I said it feels like I'm walking in mud. Every yeah. time my character moves, <laughs> I'm walking in mud. Yeah. And there were a couple times where I tried to. I was sprinting and I tried to hold B and slide around a corner. Uh-huh. Some and Black Ops Four action going on. Now yeah. it's Apex, man. Not in that just, game. Oh yeah, I guess you do it in that game too. Is that how you do in Black Ops Four too? They still yeah. got the slide. I can't yes, remember. Yes, they're now still, which they're still slide. It's no, it's no longer dolphin diving, which was a bad right. idea. 
Right. Well, but you I'm, couldn't do shit when you did that. You yeah. just dove. <laughs> was, and, then, and then it took you a second to stand yeah. back up. It was, it was not awful. good. But yeah, we played some of that. What's fun, though, is it was uh, the free PlayStation game of March. Oh, so yeah. So it's, now it's there's... It's all noobs. It's all noobs. Yeah. So that part's Well, fun. and we... Yeah. It's... I, I'm still enjoying it. I'll, I'll still play it. I, I had back in yesterday by myself and played for like an hour and a half. I well, now that now the Apex Battle Pass is out, you know, you guys are going to see I me see for a you. while. Trying to download that as I came in. Yeah, I want I want to play that. That's all I want to do tonight. <laughs> I but, want that battle pass. But I think Becca wants to watch The Martian. Um, okay, so Martian's we, good. Speaking of Becca, we watched um, based on her something she wanted to do. We watched Shrill. That never heard of it. That HB uh, not HBO Hulu Hulu original with Addie Bryant, the one from SNL. Mm, if I saw her face, I'd probably recognize her. I do not recognize she's, that name. Uh, she, she's the girl that's a little, a little bigger. Oh, SNL. okay. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I think I know. Uh, so basically, it's her story, and it's kind of it's the story of of being a, a bigger, bigger millennial lady. Oh, and, okay. Um, like all, I, I I wouldn't recommend it to everybody, but I think it's I think it's fun. I think it's funny. Mm-hmm. I think there are moments that everybody can enjoy. But I think I think the message was not designed for me. I think the message was designed for others, and that's okay. okay. Because I feel like there's a lot of media where the message is designed for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the characters in it are designed for me and right. for me to connect with and for me to enjoy. Um, and this was this was not that. It was still good. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't wasn't the, wasn't your favorite. It wasn't for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, it wasn't fair. it wasn't for me. Um I watched uh, I didn't finish this movie, but I started it. Uh, Our Idiot Brother. On Netflix. Oh, with That's Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd and Elizabeth Banks, Zoe Deschanel. I think I've watched this. It's not great. No, it's not. It's pretty subpar, actually. Yeah. There's some funny moments, but ultimately the movie just kind of falls flat. But it's on Netflix if anybody wants to check it out. <laughs> and then the last thing I watched was Black Panther. As the second time I watched it on Netflix. I still, I still think that movie is kind of a letdown. Yeah, well, I mean, I watched it a second time. Uh, I won't say exactly open-mindedly because I was like, I didn't really love this the first time, but I'll watch it again. And uh, my feelings are the same. I think it's kind of a middle of the road or or bottom shelf Disney uh, or excuse me, Marvel movie. I guess it's Disney, but MCU movie. And uh, I just don't. I'm not a fan. I don't. Well, one, really and once have again, fun once again, maybe watching. this was media that wasn't created with us in mind. Maybe this was media that was created with others in mind. And that's okay. It just it did not resonate with me either. Yeah, it's just most MCU movies kind of have that that Disney gloss on it. That's, oh yeah, that's wide appeal, and I'm sure that's their intent mostly when putting out any MCU movies Absolutely. to appeal to the wide audience. And this one for me did not. Uh, but you know, most do. Most of the time, I have a good time watching. However, MCU. I will I will say that it was nuts that this movie received an Oscar nod. That I got three wins. It blows. It blows my mind. I mean, yeah. I just don't. I'm maybe, trying to remember what all three. It, well, it won best uh, original score. I'm I know just, that. Well, yeah, because Kendrick Kendrick's awesome. But yeah, um, yeah. I just I uh, I feel like a dick because everybody around me is saying it's it's like when I said Ghost the new Ghostbuster series was bad and people were immediately decried me that you're a sexist. I just didn't like it. I don't I don't think it was funny. I, I'm sorry. There's I, a yeah. I, I never watched it. Um, didn't appeal to me again. Another movie. Didn't well, there appeal was to me. something. Something that was very different was a lot of the humor that in the original Ghostbusters was super dry and it was witty and it was mm-hmm. funny and it was banter. This yeah. 
I swear to God, there was like three or four fart jokes. Yeah, more immediately. Slapstick yeah, type it was of humor slapsticky and, and just college humor. Type it wasn't. Stuff. It wasn't for me. It yeah. wasn't something that I wanted to watch. And I think that I think that because I didn't like it, people are like, "You're a sexist." Like I'm not being sexist. I didn't like the movie. I can tell you points in the movie that I didn't like. I'm not just saying it because there's women involved. I like women in movies. I didn't like this. Yeah, I think that's a totally fair viewpoint to have. Uh, well, that's it. That's all I've watched and played. You got anything else? Uh, I played a little bit of Metro 2033, which is... Is that the first Metro? Yeah, it's a little dated. It feels a lot like playing Half-Life now, but meh. It's all right. You know, I was just playing. I was like, man, like, I need to do something that isn't Apex because it's all yeah. I wanted to play. Yeah. It's all I wanted to do, and I was like, I got I to gotta get out of this. I got to play something single-player. I do want to play the new Devil May Cry, though, because that looks super cool. I and never I, played any of those. They're super sick. Do you like Bayonetta? I never played Bayonetta. Ooh, that makes me sad. <laughs> those games are both. Those, I, I like I like those ones where they're super combo heavy gameplay and it's single player. And is it kind of like a hack and slash type game? Sorta. It's hack and slash with the emphasis on combos. It's like, do you remember the big combo? Do you remember the original God of Wars on the PlayStation Two? I remember them. Yeah, they're like that, but substantially more polished. Okay. Like that's that's the only aspect of the gameplay. There's no puzzles. It's just destroying bosses and fighting dudes. Okay. Oh, that reminds me. I did play. I've been playing some more Rocket League. Uh, go figure. Yeah, I know. It seems like you're really into that one. It seems to be your yeah. kind of go-to right now. It is. It's, it's my hop in and play for thirty minutes to an yeah. hour type of game, and it fills fills that time. It's fun. Uh, I have a total blast. Plus, it's only like ten bucks. Well, it might have gone back up to its original price, but I got it for like ten bucks, and for that, it's a steal. I've not bought any. Oh, speaking the of which, DLC. PlayStation for a year right now is on sale for forty five dollars. I just saw nice. that. Yeah, I can I can link it on the Twitter tonight. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and do that. Um, I know around the time we started the podcast, it was back also forty five as well. Yeah, it was like really cheap because I I know I I renewed I, re- it. I renewed mine as well. Yeah, I want to say it was like even a little bit. It was like forty. It was mm. even a little bit. Cheap. It might have been forty five. I don't remember, but a lot cheaper than sixty. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, that's all I got. I don't really have uh, much for us. Is coming out this week. Oh yeah, is- shit! How did I not look at that? That is that is a movie yeah. that I absolutely I'm I might go see it because Beck and I are gonna go see Hamilton on Tuesday. BT Dubs, I think we're gonna need to move our record time or change that up. So I'm gonna be gone on Tuesday because we're gonna have to see Hamilton. Okay. Um, we can record Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. I'm free all those days. Actually, I'm free all day all those days as I'll be on Spring Break. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it Wednesday. Okay, that's fine. That's cool with me. It's only it's only a day later than we normally do it, so. Yeah, I'm probably going to go see it, I think, Saturday morning. you going to go see a mat? Yeah, I have to work Sunday, so Saturday is like my only free day this weekend. So. You're going to go to Warrenburg. Of course. Dude, that is the best movie theater in Bloomington. Yeah, for sure. Plus, it's like seven minutes away from my house. So. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I like that movie theater. I like that they serve beer now. I like... Yeah, they have a full-fledged menu. Yeah, I and know. And recliner seats. It's It's I nice. Mean, uh, have it's, you it's, gone to the AMC lately here that, in town? Well, don't don't you remember I told you Beck and I went to this. We went because one of my students gave me a gift card. Oh yeah, that's and right. we went and saw Spider Verse there. The place right. is a shithole. It looks like a fucking dump. It sucks. I went. I've gone there. Well, when we first moved here, we went there because we didn't know any better. We're like AMC. We know AMC from Rockford, and we went there. And we're like, yeah, it's kind of shitty. And then once we found Warrenburg, like we never went back. Warrenburg is just infinitely better in every single yeah. way. It's just so much nicer. It's 
and it's bigger too. Yeah, more theaters, I think. But and the seats are actually comfortable. Yeah, the seats are god awful at, at the AMC. Yep. They're also, worth... Lindo and Freeport. After having these, I think we talked about this. I know before, it spoiled you. After like having, having these nice having, having seats, a nice movie theater has spoiled you for these other movie theaters forever. Yeah. A place like Warenberg spoils you for the Lindo, but no, us is going to be one that I see ASAP. Yeah, I feel like I gotta see that this weekend. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go see it probably Monday because we're gonna go up into yeah. the city on Monday or maybe Tuesday. We'll catch a matinee. I don't know because the Hamilton doesn't start till seven thirty, so we're gonna go up and stay the night on Monday and then do the city Tuesday all day. Nice. Yeah. Well, if I miss it Saturday, I might catch it Monday night too after yeah. work or something. Oh, or you could wait till Tuesday because they do five dollar not matinees, but that'll probably be jam packed with kids because the kids are on spring break. Mm, yeah, well, maybe I'll buy my tickets ahead of time and just get a good seat and suffer through. Is this gonna be? Is this gonna be something that Sarah wants to go see? You think? Oh, I no? highly doubt that. Did Did she see Get Out or no? <laughs> yeah, we went and saw that in theaters. Actually, and what, what did she think about that? She liked it more than me. Okay, maybe. Um, well, I mean, this but is... this movie looks substantially scarier. Like this okay. looks like a horror horror movie. Okay, and you know, Get Out was also, but. It, it, had, it, had, it had more of a cultural vibe to it, I think. It yeah, more of a psychological film. thriller yeah, yeah. type of element to it. And this one, I'm sure, has that too, but this looks like it's got some straight-up horror elements no, to us it. No, Us is a movie that I'm super stoked about. Uh, let me see. Are there any video games that are coming out? Division 2 already came out. Yeah, everybody from work is like hounding me to get that. Well, you know, you know, these dudes are gonna play it for like a month and then abandon it, right? Well, I mean, if I honestly, if I'm putting down sixty dollars, if I get a solid month of playing where I put forty, fifty, 50 hours, hours at least into you're cool it, with it, I'm cool with that. My issue is, it's all I'm gonna do. I'm probably gonna get hooked on it, and then I just feel like I have no life for the duration of my playing it. Or you could spend $10 and get the Apex Battle Pass. I'm not going to do that. I'm like not playing Apex at all right now. I know so, that's like sacrilegious to your ears, but like I am not game. playing Apex. That is, that is I think it's real. fun. I support it. I'm glad people are playing it. I'm glad it's kind of dethroned Fortnite, but it's just Battle Royale game types are not my cup of tea. Oh, I dig them. Um, I just, I can't get hooked on them. I'll hop in and play them every now and then, but I don't get addicted. And I'm too. digging this one because I'm getting pretty good at it. I'm getting pretty fucking good. Well, you should be by now. I mean, yeah, you no, I, I, Joe. And, well, Joe doesn't play it. Joe, Joe uh, with his new apartment and everything, he's not playing as much. Uh, is it just you playing then, or you got people you play with? No, I play by myself. No, I'm not going to play with randoms. Ew. <laughs> well, how do you play then? By myself. Like, I just play in random squads. Oh, okay. I got you. I'd love it if you and Joe Selman wanted to join me, but you guys are always well, too busy. You're playing other things. Maybe sometime. I mean, I'm going to be on Rocket League tonight, most likely, but, you know, maybe sometime. I'll be watching the Martians. That doesn't even matter. <laughs> Well, they need to add single and double. And duo. Yeah, and quads for that matter. I mean. Well, I think I think part of this is that there's only that one game type. I kind of like it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I maybe like, I like that it. there's not like silly thing. There's not like extra silly things. There's not right. silly modes. There's not whatever. It's just, you know, this is the game. It's what it is. Yep. And I'm I'm loving this game for real. All right, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, Captain Marvel's dominating the box office. It was uh, all right. Like, no a, did you did you go see it? Like no. I said, it was all right. You know, I think I'm just gonna wait. Yeah, it's I fine. think I'm just gonna. It's, it's one. It's one that you can watch at home. I will probably. The only thing is, I, I did want to watch it before Endgame. Just torrent to it. Have, well, I'm not gonna torrent it, but I'll probably just watch some videos about the highlights and stuff and what I should expect from Captain Marvel in Endgame, and that I'll just leave it at that. True. True. So, all right, that's all we got for that. Let's move on to the beer review. 
They said it couldn't be done. They said it was too exclusive, too VIP. We got the three Floyds in Bloomington. We got it here. Gumball head. It's uh, so hard to get down here, dude. They they yeah. pretty much they pretty much draw their line at Chicago and at Madison. So they only yeah. distribute as far north as Madison and as far east as Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we got it. And some places down here, Hy-Vee specifically, I think Benny's did too, basically they put in sold massive out. orders for it. And now it's like stockpiled. But as soon as it runs out, it's gone. Yeah. Um, so I picked up some the other day. So that's what we're drinking tonight. I'm hoping I'm hoping that Three Floyd sees this and is like, oh, there's interest. So they'll send other beers as well. It would do everybody in Hy-Vee, when I picked up mine, if they were buying other beer, they're also grabbing a six-pack yep. on their way out. All right, so, boom, let's get it. Let's get it open. All right. So, Gumball Head is a wheat ale. Three Floyds. Uh, they are out of something. Indiana is it Muncie? Should have looked. Munster, Munster, Indiana. Munster. I know Bold. the rate. I know the rate beer on this beer is really high. Yeah, it's like a ninety-nine out of hundred or something like that. So this is an American wheat beer. Uh, refreshing, crisp citrus finish. Um, and they brew it with Amarillo hops. Uh, it's 5.6 ABV. IBUs are 35, so it's pretty mild. Pretty super cool can art. It's almost it's a it's crayon drawing essentially, right? Yeah, very interesting looking uh, graphic. We should put the, put that one up on the Twitter. Too yeah, yeah, agreed. In preparation. Um, agreed. Yeah, so I mean, tastes like a classic wheat ale. This is one of the better ones. It's got I've it's had. got a it's got a nicer hoppy finish, which I yeah. like. That is what so. I was going to wait to talk to you about this, but when I first, because I had some of these before the podcast a few nights ago, yeah. and the very first sip I took, you know what beer this reminded me of? What? 312 Dry Hopped by but, Goose Island. But everything is way better. It tastes identical to me. Really? Yes. Wow. Now, I need to go and get another six-pack of these and then get some dry-hopped 312 and Abs- do back-to-back. Absolutely disagree. I, dude, you, didn't, you had like a sip of the 312 dry-hopped. You need to have more. I've had, I've had it on tap. Where? When I was at the Bulls game. I don't believe you. The dry-hopped? Yeah, I had the three one two. Because the regular had the next coast. Two, the three one two is like very uh, mediocre. I, I, think I the, asked. The original. I asked for the okay. <laughs> well, the original three one two is just okay. The I, dry I hopped is delicious. You don't like it? You don't mm-hmm. think they taste similar at all? No. I think they do. I like this so much more. I honestly, I I couldn't tell the difference when I took it for a sip. But like I said, I need to actually go out get some of that and compare them head to head. Now this is everything about this is better. I, I can't even compare them personally. Well, you know what I need to find out is what hops they use for three one two because if it's Amarillo hops, I, there's some maybe some copyright infringement going on between. I like I like this. I think this is wonderful. I think that everything about this is cool. I'm glad that we got in Bloomington finally. I'm loving yeah. it. I'm trying to I'm trying more wheat ales lately. I don't um, I don't I don't like them all that much. They're too sweet sometimes for me. I don't. The thing is. A lot of them don't have that big hop character because they're not IPAs. Yeah, I mean, true. They're wheat ales. So, I mean, to find some that are more hop forward like this, and in my opinion, the 312 Dry Hopped, uh, <sighs> you get that more hop forward taste. And with a wheat ale, for some reason, that really agrees with me. I like that a lot. So, I've been trying to find some more wheat ales out there that, that I like. I'm, I'm liking this. This is, this is very good. It's super crushable. It tastes yeah. so good on a warm evening. I could just imagine it being July and just sitting on a porch or something, drinking something like this. Yeah. This is 
Yeah, hopefully they bring it more into this area. This is I, this I'd is like evoking this, very summertime feels. Yeah, I'd like to get this more in the summertime. Hopefully they expand their distribution and we can kind of get this more in central Illinois. I right, hear the question. Do you think New Glarus will ever distribute outside of Wisconsin, or is that part of their shtick forever? I don't know why they don't. I mean, they're just... Well, I, I think it maybe it provides an allure, right? It provides that. No, I suppose. We can only get this here. It does that, but it also like basically avoids obvious sales growth, right? Yeah, I mean, but I think. mean, maybe 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 they have more sales because people are coming to the brewery or they're coming to Wisconsin exclusively to purchase this beer, and maybe they're doing other things while they're there while they're getting the beer. And yeah, that's true. It seems like every time I talk to somebody who at least moderately enjoys their beer, every time they go up to Wisconsin, they end up bringing back a six-pack or a 12-pack. And Yeah, you know what? I'll probably catch some hate from this from people around where we live, but since getting into craft beer and then going back and New having... beer is just okay. Yeah, I mean, I had a spotted cow. The spotted, the spotted cow is a really good example of a cream ale. That doesn't mean that it's super good, but everything else they make is kind of blah. And I can't really speak on anything else I've had from New Glarus Brewing Company that uh, wasn't a spotted cow. But I remember the last time I had one, I was like, it's just okay. I like I like the spotted cow a lot, but everything else they make is just kind of meh. Well, I would take that over like any kind of light beer on tap. Like, Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, like I, I went to a wedding and they had like Bud Light, Miller Light, which I know you love. And I, then they had spotted cow on tap. And, oh, spotted cow all day. Yeah. And it was. It it's was a way more expensive open. beer. That's what I'm going to take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it's definitely good. I, I like it a lot, but it's just since getting into, you know, other... Actual, actually good beers. Yeah, IPA <laughs> specifically. I'm just a no, fiend I'm, for those hops. Well, so. no, dude. Now that now that you've gotten into the hops, like, everything else is ruined for you. I get it. Trust me. As a, as a dude who does this, like, it is, it is for real a problem. All right. Well, we better get into the spotlight. Um, spotlight. We got a lot to cover tonight. We're doing the last half of our top 20 movies of all time. Uh, my top 20, David's top 20. And I forgot to mention this last week. This actually came from a question that Hunter asked us to put together a list. So um, shout out to Hunter on Twitter. So Yeah, let's... by the way, shout out to Zach Diaz. That dude's been really active on our Twitter. He's yes. been retweeting things. And Thank you, It's Zach. been nice. Really appreciate that. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's get into this. You want to go first? Yeah, uh, the first movie I want to talk about is L.A. Confidential. Hell Keep yeah. it hush, hush. I I know that I got you into this movie. Yeah, but it I is, love this movie. I I don't Which know. Barely didn't make my list. It's it's one that my brother showed me. I think around the time that I was turning sixteen or seventeen, and they they were starting to figure out that I liked good movies, and <laughs> yeah. so they showed me this and Usual Suspects back to back. And, oh, man, both those movies are so good. But L.A. Confidential is one that just really stuck with me. The Danny DeVito, Kevin Spacey, you know. Guy Pierce, Russell Crowe. Yeah. Just, I mean, this had a great cast, great story, very engaging, and enough twists and turns to keep you yeah, guessing until but the very, end. Very but very much that classic noir story, you know. Yes. Bad cop, good cop. You know, it's it was cool. I liked it. I'm a really big fan. I would recommend this to anyone who likes noir style films. I recommend this to people who like 90s style films. I recommend this to people who don't have a problem with Kevin Spacey because that dude is super divisive right now and is a piece of shit. If you can get past who that guy is, then this is a movie you'll enjoy. Yeah, true. Very good representation of uh, 1950s LA too. Very cool. Yeah. Very aesthetically pleasing. Um, Okay, so first movie, uh, Tonight, Toy Story. Um, this is the only animated movie that made my list. I think I have like two or three. I can't remember. Yeah, so I wanted to do a throwback of some kind uh, on my top 20 of a childhood movie that mm-hmm. just basically encapsulated everything that I loved as a child. And 
this might be the movie I've seen more than any else. So, any so are we just talking base base Toy Story? We're we talking Toy Story two, Toy just Story Toy Story one. Okay. Yep. Um, while I very much enjoyed Toy Story two and three, the first one was just one had, we had that magic. Yeah, we always had it. I was always watching it. I've watched it countless times. I literally don't know how many times. Uh, I love everything about this movie. It's, uh, and, it, and it's got a pretty star-studded cast, right? I mean, yeah. Uh, Tim Allen uh, and... Uh, is Tom Hanks in this? Tom system? Hanks, yeah. Tom Hanks is... Uh, uh, God, what's his name? No, the other one. The no, I can't even say his name. It's one of my favorite movies. Woody. Woody, yes. Yeah. Woody. And uh, Tim Allen plays Buzz Lightyear. Uh, I, did, I love this movie. It's one uh, that I can't believe I don't own it. I would probably, if it wasn't $25... Which is Disney. bullshit. Disney charges these outrageous prices for all of their oh, movies. Oh, we're, we're, we're bringing it out of the vault. Why don't you fuck off? Yeah, you it's old, been out of the vault for like 10 years. You right? old anti-Semite. It Jesus came Christ. Out, it came out over 20 years ago. It, it's out of the vault. Just right? let me buy the goddamn movie for $10. Like, I, yeah, but yeah, Toy Story, one of my favorite movies. Favorite animated movie uh, and favorite Disney Pixar film. All right, uh, I'm going to talk about the first movie that actually got me into sci-fi. So I went out to see my brother Tim when I was, I think I had just turned 16. So my, my view on movies was no longer just, you know, my favorite movie is just the last one I saw. Right. And <laughs> so like some examples of movies, because this was when Netflix was just getting the DVDs. There wasn't the online component. It was just you get DVDs. And my brother had it. And so I watched The Wrestler which is a fantastic film. And then yes. I also watched Blade Runner. And the movie that had a way bigger impact on the style of movie that I like and stylistically, things that I enjoy is Blade Runner. Really? And the, the original, original. The original okay. Blade Runner. I watched the director's cut first. That, I, that helps. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that I know, helps I know, I know. I know that the theatrical cut is trash. but I wouldn't say it's trash, but... I know, I know it's substantially lacks. worse. Yes, yes. The director's cut is fantastic. And I, I love 2049. And this just sparked, like, I'd, I'd already liked sci-fi because my mom was super into Doctor Who and Star Trek and all these things. I grew up in a very nerdy house. And, but this this was the first thing that I watched it. And I, I don't know, I just remember that ending chase scene and figuring oh, yeah. out that maybe he was a replicant as well and yeah. all this stuff and just totally being immersed in this, in this, in this world and, because of that, I was so excited for 2049 and it lived up to everything. The only reason that 2049 didn't make my list was because I loved the original Blade Runner so much that it built up so much anticipation. And Blade Runner 2049 was actually one of the first movies to meet all my expectations. Yeah. that's And it was so refreshing to see that when that movie came out. Yes. Uh, because Blade Runner had such a huge... I mean, you can't even call it cult following. It just had, it, it was, following. It had a following, yeah. And... Uh, it was uh, revolutionary in a lot of ways in the sci-fi genre. It was really cool to see a movie step up to the plate and deliver on a sequel. Um, next movie on my list, No Country for Old Men. Oh, that's uh, a really good film. My Shit. favorite Coen Brothers film. You didn't like Fargo, huh? Fargo, I think, is just okay. I think Fargo's hella overrated. I think the show is better than the movie. Absolutely. Um, I, I think we talked about that 1, before. 1,000%. Um, no Country for Old Men, again, If I, going back to what I talked about last week, a movie that came at a time when I was transitioning into a period of more than just mindlessly watching movies and kind of analyzing movies and really uh, critiquing them because 
this movie came out in 2008. Um, I was like 13. Dude, this movie this movie blew my mind the first time I saw it. Very influential on me. Uh, yeah, blew my mind. I didn't was know. nuts. I'd never seen anything up until that point like this movie. Um, granted, I hadn't seen everything there was uh, out there in terms of like a crime uh just a crime i mean i call this a crime drama i mean i don't know what else i'd really call it no it's just Um, it's very different level of storytelling um some coming from the villain's point of view some coming from like a protagonist uh uh, kind of a semi-protagonist yeah semi-protagonist and then flawed flawed protagonist yeah flawed protagonist and then just all around good guy tommy lee jones the cop um, and then you've got side characters like Woody Harrelson coming oh in there. Oh, my God, yeah. Um, you've got Llewellyn Moss's wife in there and the mother a little bit. I mean, you just – really good cast and really good movie from start to finish and not not a typical crime drama. So I'm going to talk about a movie that came out last year, um, a movie that was I, – I know this is going to be a surprise, um, but it was it was a movie to be honest. So I'm gonna be honest with our listeners. I, I got a divorce in August, and it was a really really tough period for me, and it was really really hard for me not to think about that. And Chris was super kind. He let me stay at his place. I felt like an absolute burden. I felt like a piece of shit. You weren't. I know. I know. But I, I felt. I'm telling you how I felt, and it was really hard for me to escape from reality. And it was really difficult for me to be okay with me during this time period. I felt like I had fucked up, that I had caused my divorce, that I, I had ruined my marriage, something that I'd worked so hard for. Um, and I, I thought I'd fucked it up. And so a movie that helped me forget about that was black Klansman. Um, a movie that I went and saw when I was staying at Chris's place. Um, and just was, was just a, such a good movie that it pulled me out of it. And because of that, I'll never, I'll probably never forget about this movie. Like, I know that it's one that a lot of people were like, yeah, that was a really good movie from that year. And then are just going to kind of push it to the side, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. But for me, this was a movie that was in such an important moment in my life, a moment where I was in so much turmoil and so much hurt, and I couldn't figure shit out. Right. That when I saw this, I, I felt like a person again. Yeah. And that was, that was something I hadn't felt for a couple of weeks. And it was a really nice change of pace. Well, and that's something uh, we need from movies. Sometimes it's to take us out of our life yep. and uh, kind of put us in a different place for two hours. Exactly, and that's 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 what this movie did. And it was a fucking awesome movie. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. It it barely didn't make my list uh, for top five movies we did of uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, next movie on my list. Uh, this one came out two years ago now. Logan. Oh shit! What a good western that movie is. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't get classified that because he's because he's an X Men, but yeah, that's it's totally you know, a western sci fi superhero. I mean, it's a western though when you really think about the story and how it progresses and how everything plays out. While it may not be like a perfect movie, um, you know, technically, you know, from a technical standpoint, you could pick apart some some things on this movie. But for me, um, from the second I saw the trailer, uh, which my favorite trailer of all time, hands down, when they had Johnny Johnny Cash's Hurt playing over it, I and they they edited it together so perfectly with some with some scenes uh, without giving too much away. And what that trailer showed me uh, was exactly what I got when I watched the movie. It was literally everything that I wanted that movie to be. As soon as I heard the premise, I was like, okay, I want like this, this, and this to happen, and it all happened. It was so satisfying to watch. It's like intense. It's bloody, gory, it was sad. but also so heartfelt. And one of the most, I would say, it was the most emotional 
emotionally moving movies I saw of 2017. And that's why I can't decide whether it's, it was my favorite movie that year or if it's tied with another movie that also made my list. Okay, that's um, fine. They also came out in that year. So I'll talk about that in a little bit. But. Right, uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a throwback. Uh, okay. One of my favorite movies of all time is by Studio Ghibli. Um, I, I'm a big fan of animation. Um, but in terms of in terms of my favorite, it's got to be Totoro. Totoro is the story that I that so in Lena we used to have. Do you remember where Saparitos is now? There, yeah. So it was a cop station, yeah. then it was a movie rental, then it was a mm-hmm. cop station again. Mm-hmm. So when it, <laughs> when it was a movie rental place, they had Totoro on VHS, and every time we would go in, I would have my mom borrow it for us, <laughs> and I just remember this fond memory of watching this movie and. I just I, it, it holds a really special place because of that, and I just I think about it every time I watch it. I think about my mom sitting next to me, and I think about just how important that was, and just how cool the story is, and it just it, it really sparked a lot of my love of anime, mm-hmm. which has become a, a a pretty substantial thing that I enjoy. Like I love yeah. manga, I love anime, and I think this was a really it was a starting point because I started watching the movie in kindergarten. What's what's it about? I've never uh, seen so, it. So Totoro is this giant bear thing that is basically imaginary okay and there's this there are these two little girls and it's not said right away but you find out that their mom is sick okay and that they're going through a lot of things and they use totoro as an escape they go on all these fantastic adventures but the reality is they're just in their backyard they're playing Mm. and i like that premise a lot yeah it's 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 this idea of of how how even in like these super Super hard moments for children. They can still find escapes, and it's 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 really really impactful to me. I don't know why exactly, but <laughs> Totoro has really stood out in my mind as a movie that just it draws me back in, and it, it's going to be something I get tattooed on me. I've already got the blanket, you know. Like I, nice. big fan, big big cool. fan of Totoro. Yeah, Studio Ghibli never disappoints. Never lets me down. Oh my god, I love all their shit. Um, okay, next movie on my list, um, Casino Royale, 2006, oh, shit. Daniel Craig's uh, debut as 007. It's on Netflix right now, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was really hard for me to decide between this and Skyfall because both of them, to me, are like 10 out of 10s. They're I, thought, I, I think, I think Skyfall was just a little bit better. Personally, that's fair. Well, and for a long time, I held Skyfall in a higher regard than Casino Royale. And then at some point, um, and this was after I had owned Skyfall and watched it probably five or six times, I went back and I, I bought Casino Royale. And I wa- I've seen it a few times since then. And I don't know what it is about that movie, but I just love how it sets up this character and it does it in a really realistic way. I mean, it is in a very real sense i don't want to call it a prequel but it kind of it's it's an origin story basically it sets True. up yeah, 007 yeah. and what why he is the way he is and it does it in a really cool way in a really believable way and i think casino royale is really underrated i also think it's the best bond movie i'm gonna go out on a ledge i'm gonna say it is the best bond movie see like i i think that that's the best movie that is a james bond movie okay i see what you're saying so you think there's a better bond uh, well, I think I think the super campy racist shit that they did in the seventies <laughs> is the best. That's hard to go back and watch, though. I mean, it's oh, hard, it's, it's so bad. That that's why it's great. <laughs> James Bond should be super misogynistic and racist to the point of uncomfortability. 
and she just not in 2019. Oh, I think it should that. be. I think I think it should be a callback to I when think you can go back and watch those movies for what they are. But oh my you god, you can't no. have that same bond in 2019. I mean, it's well, not no, no. Well, I see what you're. I see where you're coming. No, from. I like I like all the super campy shit. I think the campier the James Bond, the better. That, that's my personal take. I like the Roger Moore stuff. I think it's super shitty. I know it's shitty. I know they're not good movies, but I think it's the right. best James Bond movie. I like the serious take on it, um, and all the newer ones are more serious. They're they, super they serious. Were, they were still campy back when like uh, Pierce Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan yeah. was doing it, um, and just kind of wacky and just bad. At, at oh, a lot of points. what Goldeneye was so good. Oh, Goldeneye was great, but let's talk about his other movies. Die Another oh, Day. Oh, those were not uh, good. Uh, what are the other ones? Do Die Another Day. Uh, God, the one in 2002 was bad. I don't remember the name of it. Oh. Maybe that was Die Another Day. I don't know, but he was in some bad ones. I'll just say that. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to look it up because I'm interested right now. Uh, continue talking about this movie a little bit. Uh, yeah, so Daniel Craig, it was his uh, debut as Bond. I think he is my favorite Bond, but at the time when Casino Royale came out, I was still on the Pierce Brosnan train just because I was still basically still a child at that point. And I well, Pierce Pierce Brosnan was James. Yeah, Bond. Yeah, he was my James Bond when I was a kid. So it was hard to see another actor play that role. But once I became accustomed to Daniel Craig, I I view him as Bond now. Okay, so it was Goldeneye in '95. Yeah, Goldeneye was great. Tomorrow Never Dies, which was okay. Tomorrow that one, I don't even remember. It was from 97. That one was okay. The World is Not Enough. That one yes. sucked. That, yes, The World is Not Enough. And then Die Another Day again? What? Yeah, Die Another Day. Oh, yeah, because Tomorrow Another Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the last two were straight trash. Although, I mean, you can kind of make the same argument for Daniel Craig because... Uh, Spectre was very Spectre widely... Spectre blue dick. I hated Spectre. I did not hate Spectre, but it oh. got a lot of hate. Um, I regret buying it so much. Oh my I God, don't know why I bought it. Sucked. Um, I have not rewatched it since I bought it. Um, and then what was the other one too? The third, uh, the second one, Quantum of Solace. Quantum that of Solace was, was a either. pile of shit. That movie released during the writers' strike, the Writers Guild strike. Yeah, and, and it, it shows because that movie is shit. Um, <laughs> So I guess you can. I mean, there's no matter what Bond you pick, what actor uh, who played Bond, he's gonna have bad movies in his, uh, you know, in his, in his library yeah, yeah. Of, of Bond movies. And that's but, I think that's kind of that's, that's the allure. That's the allure yeah. of James Bond is that you know it could be a good movie, it could also be right shit. Yeah, for me, Daniel Craig's my favorite because Skyfall and Casino Royale are my two favorite Bond movies. Oh, that's right. I, I love them. both. I get why. Um, Skyfall has arguably my favorite cinematography, probably in top five favorite. Uh, okay, I take that back. Top 10 cinematography. <laughs> Roger Deakins does a cinematography yeah, yeah. for Skyfall. My favorite cinematographist. Um, so, yes, Casino Royale. Alrighty. So, a movie that actually was super impactful on me. And for whatever reason... Oh, I meant to say cinematographer. I said cinematographerist or some shit. Ah, okay, fuck it. Who cares? Continue. Like three people <laughs> listen to this, dude. <laughs> That's not true. More people listen to it. Our moms. I've got the numbers. Our moms don't count. I've got the numbers. <laughs> you, you and we're I. Pulling in, we're pulling in mad views. We're not. Dozens of views. <laughs> we're not. All That's right. okay. Good to right. um, So a movie that just made a huge impact on me and really changed like my outlook on life was Moonlight. Mm. And this was a movie that I went and saw at the normal theater. I went and saw it by myself. I went and saw it and I was super emotional during this film. And I felt mm. a lot of things that the character was feeling. I know this isn't one that you really connected with, but yeah. it's one that... It's one that just hit home for me. And I recommend this to anybody who is 
who is uh, like not a person who is gay or black, like in those com- that, that combination. I, it was it was right. a it was a viewpoint that I have I have never held in my entire life. Right. It was it was a way that I've never thought. It was a lifestyle that I've never been a part of, and because of that, it was really eye opening to me. And I, I've had a lot of eye opening experiences about you know how I how I should be more open about other people's lifestyles and how they live and how they think and how they feel. And this movie, this movie felt like the pinnacle of that. This movie feels like something that that had such a major influence on the way that I look at others and how I I, I, I used to I used to judge the fuck out of people. I used to look at them and be like, oh, they look like this, they're acting like this, you know, they're this right, and that. Right. And because because of this film, uh, I think differently, and I think I think this movie is one that everyone should see. I think that people once they turn seventeen, because this movie's rated R. I think once you're seventeen, I think you should watch this movie. I really, really feel that way. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's not a movie that I enjoyed as much as you, but uh, I can certainly appreciate it being on your list. I get yeah. it. Um, okay. Next movie on my list, Children of Men. Oh, uh, shit. Alfonso Curion, uh, 2006, I want to say. Um, this is a movie I saw a few years after it came out. Um when I originally saw it, it was before I really started getting into film, so I didn't appreciate it as much as I do now. The movie uh, rocks. Yeah, after viewing it several more times since then, uh, this movie is also, is a technical masterpiece. Super indie, super indie. In the yeah, shot. So especially for the time. Um, this has one of my favorite, basically, plots. Um, so I mean, it's basically it's apocalyptic in a way where. Where women, women are no, barren. We're, yeah, we're infertile um, as a civilization, mm-hmm. and the humans are dying. I mean, the oldest or the youngest person is like seventeen. So, and they're, they're shit a celebrity is up in the in air. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're a celebrity. I mean, they're literally the youngest person in the world. And they're seventeen. So, I mean, this movie—I don't want to give anything away, but w- one of the best continuous shots in any movie. Um, I don't want to give it away Kane because in it, this movie, I'm sorry, Kane isn't Kane in this movie. Kane. Yeah, like uh, what's his name? The dude who Clive Owen is in it. And, the dude, uh, the dude who's um, the dude who's Alfred. Oh, Michael Caine. Yeah, yes, Michael Caine. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, I love his role in, in this movie. Um, he's like a mentor. Yeah, he's a mentor and friend of of Clive Owen's character, and uh, I don't. Yeah, this movie just always sticks with me. Every time I watch it, it sticks with me. It's it's got great cinematography, great writing, great directing. I love where the story goes by the end of it. Um, also, I love that Clive Owen is in is in uh, thong sandals the entire time. Yeah, this yeah. entire movie, he does not have a pair of shoes, and he has to go through all this shit, and he's in a pair of sandals. I find that hilarious. <laughs> it's both that and entertaining <laughs> to watch. But I mean, basically, uh, he's given uh, the role of escorting this woman and this isn't a uh, spoiler because it's in the trailer he's given this role of escorting this woman who is pregnant which has not happened in 17 years in the entire world obviously a huge deal there's a lot of different parties that are going after her for various reasons yeah yeah Yeah, i mean you've got multiple different factions that want her for for different reasons and he is just kind of this impartial person who is unfortunately yeah he's caught in the middle he's tasked with escorting her with with some other people and some stuff happens and just a fantastic movie i i could not recommend this one more so um, my mom has been really impactful in the way that I view movies and the lens that I see them through and the things that I want from a movie. 
So I'm going to talk about a movie that she showed me and has just had like a major impact on me, and it's The Matrix. The Matrix. Oh, yeah. you know, my mom. My mom showed me The Matrix. Oh, I think when yeah. I was shout out to Shaw. I, I want to say I was 11 or 12. That's awesome. Yeah, I know, right? And she said, "I know, I know that you and I don't always agree on movies, but this is one that I think that you'll enjoy." And I, and she just and after we watched it, we talked about it. We talked about it for 20 what? minutes, 30. That's minutes. crazy. Yeah, my mom. My mom is pretty cool like that. Where she would. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I know. She doesn't always present that way, but she she's super into film. She's super into written media as well. And I just I remember watching this movie with her and just sitting down and discussing with it. it just just I don't know. And she she opened up my eyes to different ways to view film and mm-hmm. to think about it from somebody else's perspective. And that they like oh like. Maybe maybe this is another theory that goes with the movie. Also, it's a right. badass movie. Yeah, well, I made my list. I I talked about it last week. It is I, it is yeah. a movie that just kicks so much ass. Yes, most influential sci-fi movie arguably ever mm. uh, in the last twenty years. Okay. I would say without a doubt. Uh, yeah, Matrix. I don't know, man. I just I remember watching it with my mom and just being just blown away, and just being so happy that she wanted to share that with me and wanted to talk about it with me and. I, that, that's the part I remember. Obviously, Matrix is awesome, but the right. part I remember more is the personal part. Right. Uh, okay, next movie on my list, District 9. Oh, shit. Um, this movie kicks so much ass. Yeah. Becca and I watched this maybe two months ago. Yeah. Um, and you you saw it before that. Absolutely. Yeah. I've watched it multiple times. Yeah. Um, this is a movie, obviously, I own. Uh, I <laughs> talk about a movie. This is probably the only movie on the list I could talk about that when I initially saw the trailer for I talk so much shit about this movie. The prone. I was like the prone. I was. I don't know what which trailer it was that I saw. I don't know if it was the first one or just some teaser. But I thought it looked like just another shitty alien invasion movie because the, the whatever trailer I watched sucked. It does. Suck. <laughs> I went back and rewatched it, and it is not the movie that the trailer makes it look like. At least the trailer I watched because what I got was one of the greatest takes on an alien. I don't want to call it invasion movie. It's almost it's like it, it's an almost an alien are stuck by the wayside without gas. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> trying to coexist with humans and humans are shitty as humans are and taking they, advantage of them they're and taking putting them in slums. They're basically treating them uh, sub they're treating them subhuman. Yeah. And even, even though they can think like humans, they can communicate with humans. They're treating yes, them subhuman. They're very intelligent. Yeah. And just the whole way that the story unfolds with the main character, um, I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but Vickis. Vickis, yes. Um, and his family strife that he's going through, some changes that he's going through. Yeah. Uh, no spoilers. And his interaction with this. Uh, is it still on Netflix? Yes, it is. Firm recommend that everybody go watch this movie. Yes, I think this, this is one. I think this is one that you, even though it's rated R, I think you could handle it at maybe age thirteen or twelve. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I watched it originally when I was fourteen. I think. I think. I think it's watchable at a younger age, personally. But there is, um, you know, obviously adult content, very uh, gory at times. Although most of the gore is more alien focused. Yeah, we're not. We're not. Um, we're not but, seeing humans explode, but still. But fantastic. <laughs> some. <laughs> yeah. True. There is. Yeah, action is fantastic, obviously. for Story, how, Storytelling as well. Storytelling is probably the best part about this movie. Um, and just how heart-wrenching humans can be. And just the 
unfortunate well, just, circumstances that you can be dealt and just just how being quick, in the middle of things just how quick you think that somebody that is, that is an ally to you will turn into your worst enemy yeah and just, or completely disown you yeah and i think a lot of people should watch this movie i highly recommend it um and besides alien uh the original alien 1979 really scott which i talked about last week this is my favorite movie involving an alien, and I think it's highly underrated. I don't think enough people have watched this. Well, no, it kind of it kind of flew uh, under the radar when it yeah. came out because of the shitty trailers. I mean, yeah, when we saw this movie <laughs> again. Yeah, so yeah, firm um, firm recommend. All right, so a movie that really caught my attention when I was a teenager was Dazed and Confused, nineteen ninety three. Right, that's a R- Richard Linklater yeah. movie, right? I don't I don't know why this movie has just stuck with me for my entire life, I, but I quote it consistently yeah i quote this movie i didn't see this until i was 16 be a lot cooler if you did <laughs> well this is where the all right all right all right all right all right and like yeah. this whole like, like i watched this when i was maybe a fresh I, I think i was going from eighth grade to being a freshman what a great time to watch this movie and i, I assumed <laughs> that seniors were going to chase me down and paddle the shit out of me and i was right. frightened out of my mind right because nobody nobody talks to you about what it's like to be a freshman. Like every everybody's experience is unique, right? Right. And so, in my mind, I thought on the first day of school, I was gonna get my ass handed to right. me by seniors. <laughs> I thought these guys, and I was I was super nervous. I was super scared. I was like, these guys are gonna kick my ass. These yeah. guys are gonna get paddles and they're gonna beat my ass. And it just I don't know. It was it was a really cool cultural experience for me to watch that movie. I, I would recommend time. Yeah, I would. I would recommend this to people who want to have maybe an idea of what life was like during that time period. Yeah, seventies, right? Yeah, seventies during yeah. like the mid seventies or something. Yeah, like and that. just just how different it is from today. Just like how it how it would be okay to say this person is younger than me. Therefore, therefore I can beat the shit out of them. Yeah, right. And that that is totally <laughs> That's the not hierarchy. Cool today. Could you could you imagine if some senior paddled a freshman today? They would go to jail. Yeah, they oh, would for real yeah. go to jail. And that's yes. nuts to me. Yeah. Really fun movie, though. Um, super fun. Super funny. Yeah. Uh, good pick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next movie on my list, Blade Runner 2049. This Banger. was the other movie in 2017 uh, besides Logan. I still haven't decided which one I like more. They're both 10 out of 10s for me. Um, I think this movie, literally, I cannot think of one thing that it fails in. I think it's literally perfect from the writing to the directing, the storytelling, it is cinematography. Long. It is long as fuck. <laughs> it is long, yes. If there's one com- one nitpick I can make, but, okay, I mean, sure. it does. It does such a good, no moment feels wasted. Exactly, and that's why I can't make that nitpick. That's why it is perfect to me. Um, the performances are great. The special effects, uh, the score. I mean, literally every... Everything I look for in a movie, this thing delivers on. Uh, Ryan Gosling is fantastic. So good. Harrison Ford is the best he's been in years. He actually he didn't phone it in. Like, yeah, he I know. actually he, he put acted, forth an yep. effort. Um, I think just everything about it is perfect. I think it is a masterpiece, and I think if you have not seen Blade Runner twenty forty nine, you should absolutely watch it. Fuck yeah, I would say watch the original first because I would, I would. too. Yes, watch the director's cut. Oh yeah, don't don't watch the theatrical cut. Nobody yeah. watches the theatrical cut. I think you can rent it on Amazon Prime for like four bucks. Yep. So check that out and then immediately watch Blade Runner 2049. That is a lot of fucking time to be in front of a screen. That's almost yeah. well, six yeah. hours. I mean, may, give yourself a day <laughs> you know, or something. But, you know, just, yeah. It, uh, I, I 
appreciate Blade Runner, the original, for what it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it was revolutionary. I think it was influential for the next 40 years in sci-fi to come. But, but for 2049 me, did it better. 2049 for me was just better. It, it literally lived up to the hype and improved on uh, that world and the characters that the original established. Oh, yeah. And, okay, so I'm going to talk about the scariest movie I've fucking ever yeah. seen. I already know so, what this so, is. so these next three are in order. So I'm going to start with my number three. My number three favorite movie of all time, for real, oh, is Hereditary. Shit. Damn. That movie absolutely scared the piss out of me. And every single moment was so tense. And for real, probably the last 20 minutes of that movie, I was thinking, I don't want to be here anymore. That's, yeah. And that, that yeah. is the perfect way to encapsulate a horror film. I've wanted horror films to be like that for so long. And this yeah. was the first one that did that. That felt like our generation's exorcist. It is, yeah. And it, 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 yeah. It was, it was absolutely the scariest film I have ever seen in my entire mm-hmm. life. I left that movie terrified. Yep. I thought about it for a couple days after. Yep. I, sent, I sent you GIFs and images because I thought they were funny. This movie kept me awake at night. I'm, I'm a grown man. This movie kept me up at night when I was trying to sleep. I could not think of anything other I than just, the scenes, and the I imagery just, from this movie. I, I and Tony Collettinus was so good, and the family dynamic was so good as well. And I think the real the the shining star is Ari Aster, the writer and director. Yeah, it's yeah, a directorial yeah. debut, a writing debut, and this is what he does. Like and one of the scariest movies it. in years. I I was. I, I know there's some people who are like, yeah, but you know, ghosts and goblins and jump out. That, that's not what this was, man. This was a family strife, family drama with crazy cult and satanic uh, imagery and themes thrown into it. Yep. It uh, it was it was for me. I I thought the witch was going to be the 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 highest bar that a horror film could get to. It was and, pretty damn good. And yeah. then, I, and then I saw this, and this elevated it way beyond what the witch was. Yep. It took what the witch did, and it did it even better. I thought. Yep. And uh, Ari Aster's second movie comes out later this year, called Midsummer, which looks, looks scary as fuck it looks, too. It looks to be equally disturbing as Hereditary. Um, yeah, that's a great pick. Hereditary is uh, makes my honorable mentions list for sure. Absolutely. Uh, next movie on my list, uh, up for debate. I know this isn't one of your favorites. Drive. I liked uh, it. I didn't. I, I liked it. Didn't love it. Didn't love it. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. 2011. This is Nicholas Winding Refn's uh, one of his earlier movies. I think. Um, this movie stylistically may be my favorite movie. Um, I the, love the, the, the imagery is tight. The I love the aesthetic. Tight. I love the soundtrack. I love the subtleness of all the performances. Um, I love where the story goes. I think it's executed very well. Um, I think, again, the marketing was terrible for this movie. It made it look like an action movie. It's not an action movie. It's a drama, uh, kind of a melodrama in, yeah. in a sense. And I love it. Uh, this, this, would, this would be one I would recommend that people who like film should watch. I think this is a really yes. good example of cinematography. If you're looking to see what cinematography can look like, and what a color yes. palette! What a what a specific sure. color palette! Because this this movie really leans on that teal and orange color palette mm-hmm. a lot. And I think that if you if you're looking to maybe get deeper into that idea of, hey, like I want to know what film directors are thinking, this is this is one that I think really really shows that aspect of the cinematography and the color palette that are used and the way that they're used and why they're used. Yeah, to me. Yeah, that's a great point. 
Yeah, I love this movie. Um, highly recommend it. Um, not everybody's going to enjoy this one. Um, I, like I said, it I makes just, my list easily. Like I said, I just liked it, didn't love it. Uh, right. My number two all time is The Dark Knight. Good pick. This movie, so I had, I had been off and on into comic books, and then this movie comes out, and I watch it, and I just, I become so immersed in comic book culture, and I mm-hmm. fully dive in. I love everything about it. I just, I can't get out of it and it was all sparked by this movie yeah and because of that movie a, an aspect of my lifestyle changed and because of that it has to make my top my top three because this movie was so impactful in the way that i saw superheroes and the way i saw super villains that i wanted to read about that shit and i wanted to have a collection about that shit right that it it, it has to make my yeah. list one well, i mean it's it is the greatest comic book movie of all time, you know, hailed by, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it is hailed as the greatest comic book movie of all time. Greatest Batman movie, greatest thing DC's put out. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe Wonder Woman. I think the argument could be made for Wonder Woman. Maybe if you're, if you're not someone who liked the dark Knight. Uh, yeah. I mean, great pick dark Knight, One of the greatest, Second to last movie on my list. Also, mine are in my, no particular order. I should probably make that clear. I know you're doing kind of your, your top three here. Yeah. All 20 of my movies, I'm not ranking them. There's no way I could do that. Uh, but anyway, the second to last movie on my list, Superbad. Uh, <laughs> Superbad. Such a good film. Yeah. Uh, 2007. Uh, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, uh, Christopher Mintz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Mintz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, talk about a movie that came out at a pivotal time in my life. I, I think, think I watched this in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, I was like 12 or 13. Is before I was even in high school, but this movie left a lasting impact on me. Um, I still enjoy it to this day. I think it's hilarious. I think Dude, the, the, scene, the scene with the cops where he's running away from them and then he throws up beer is one of the funniest because he's been drinking with McLovin. Dude, the whole movie is just like comedy gold. And it just, <laughs> every time I watch it, it reminds me of high school. Um, you could argue that not every aspect of it is like it's not accurate, completely accurate now, but, but it's just entertaining as hell to watch, and it makes you think of all those times you have with your well, friends. Well, it's, it's a it's a com- it's a comedic version yeah. of high school, right? That's and that's it's the whole kind point. of like a I don't know, like community. Like I mean, it feels like you know, it reminds me of in high school when I was like hanging out with your brother, playing video games in the basement yeah, late yeah. at night, drinking when we shouldn't have been and just doing all this <laughs> stuff and getting ready for the party and trying to hang out with these girls and trying to score beer and just all this stuff that I think the movie <laughs> encapsulates in such a fun way and hilarious way uh, between these two characters. I no, love this, this movie is fucking hilarious. I recommend yeah. it to anybody who was in junior high or high school from the years 2000 and maybe the year 2015. No, I'd recommend this movie to any anybody. It, well, specifically males. I think the male audience will enjoy this more, but I recommend this movie to anybody. You, th- you think it's timeless? Uh, uh, or do you think, you think it's for people from a specific well, time period? Well, I think that if you're like 30 or older. It's not, it's not going to resonate as well? Maybe not. Maybe not. I could see how it might not, but yeah. I mean, if you're in your twenties or your or your mm-hmm. teenager, you gotta watch this. It, it's a must watch. All right. Uh, so my final one, my favorite movie of all time, and it's. I know it's not the best movie. I know it's not even gonna be like the best movie on my list. It's excited. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This is my favorite fucking movie of 
all time. It's a fucked up movie. With Gene Wilder? Yeah. I, I legit love this movie. I don't know. It's one that I've watched probably the most out of any movie I've ever watched. It is one that holds a special place simply because it's got that message of, you know, if you do good things, then good things will happen. If you mm. follow the rules and all this shit. And these are all things that mean a lot to me. Yeah. Um, it's also one that every time I was sick, my mom would play for me. And so it reminds me of my mom taking care of me. I don't know. I Do you uh, ever fantasize as a, as a child about going to... Absolutely. And eating uh, all that stuff? Eating all that candy? I, as an adult, would go eat all that candy. And I would, <laughs> I would take two bites and say, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's enough. Dipping into the chocolate river. Now, if they... If they uh, I think Family Guy did a version of this, right? Where they went to a beer... and i i think that would be more more appealing now but i don't know i just like this i like everything about it i love gene wilder i love the whole fantasy world i i love this movie yeah it's one that i'll watch anytime no matter how i'm feeling and i'll feel better afterwards so because it's a great movie yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic movie and i think it's it's one that kind of gets swept under a lot of people's rugs it, and it's so culturally relevant people still reference oompa loompas mm-hmm. they'll still say like augustus save some oompa later <laughs> and then you know not understand where that reference is coming from or i don't know like i love i love the part where he says you stole fizzy lifting drink you get nothing you lose you lose yeah that's a great that's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie either and, that well yeah just the very end i love the very end when like charlie and his grandpa go and, and, to, and they talk to Willy Wonka, and they, just that whole conversation, and then the way it ends when uh, Gene Wilder just kind of lights up at the end, and he's like, "You did it! Yeah. You've won! Yes, I. You love broke that the rules, scene. and you accepted it. I don't know. I like. I love that every time I watch it. Yeah, it's hard not to love that movie. Okay, last movie on my list, uh, Seven. Oof, what a stark contrast between those movies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck. <laughs> Could not be two separate uh, ideas. Yeah, Um, fuck. It's a good movie, though. Yeah, David Fincher, uh, one of his earliest movies. I think the only one he did before this was Alien 3, which uh, we won't talk about. (laughs) Alien 3 sucked. Uh, Seven, yeah, one of my favorite movies of all time. Possibly my favorite involving a serial killer. Um, I love the whole idea of the seven deadly sins. Talk a little bit about the cast. Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman, Gwyneth Paltrow, studs. Kevin Spacey. That's not a spoiler. This movie's 25 years old. Studs. Uh, all studs. Yeah, all-star cast, all-star story. Um, I love the dynamic between Brad Pitt, who's this new hothead detective who wants to be placed in this slime ball of a city, and yeah. Morgan Freeman plays this uh, Dude, veteran who, detective. Who's look, looking for retirement. Who, who's looking for retirement, and he knows the ins and outs of this city and the grime and gruff of this world that he's involved in, and Brad mm. Pitt's just like, give me more, give me more. And then, and then he gets more, and he's like, yeah, Exactly, and I love this movie. Um, Another a super dark take on the noir film. Yeah, super noir and I, I liked it. I don't know if I loved it. I like this movie a lot. It's a little too dark for me. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of live on a little bit more of the the light and fuzzy end of movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love just the dirt and crime of this movie. I, I, it's it's my favorite David Fincher movie, and it's I get why it's one of my favorite crime dramas for sure. All righty, Chris, close us out. Let the people know. Okay. Um, well, I had some. I know this is running a little bit late. I had some fun facts and stuff real quick mentions uh for me real quick i'll run through them um real quick uh tom hanks shows up three times on my list uh ryan gosling leo dicaprio matt damon tom hardy all show up twice oh shit uh 
Uh, notable directors. This I found interesting because these are some of the greatest. Christopher Nolan, Robert Zemeckis, Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, James Cameron, Ridley Scott, Coen Brothers, Alfonso Curion, David Fincher, and Denis Villeneuve, my boy. My boy. Uh, last, certainly not least, 10 sci-fi movies. Holy shit. Um, several of which are sci-fi action movies. I don't think that's, um, you know, any... Uh, that 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 is a that is a coincidence. I love sci-fi movies. Four crime dramas, only one comedy, super bad, and only one animated movie, Toy Story. Uh, no horror movies for me, unless you want to count Alien, which I would count as more of a sci-fi eh. horror. And then, real quick, I'll run through honorable mentions for me. These are movies. A lot of these I could have easily replaced with movies that did make my list. Real quick, Goodfellas, Godfather One and Two, Black Swan, The Wrestler, Shrek. Again, childhood purposes. Yeah, yeah. Very nostalgic for me. Schindler's List, The Pianist, Fight Club, L.A. Confidential, Original Star Wars Trilogy, Interstellar. I know I might receive some hate for that one. Oh I love God. it. I don't care. Silence of the Lambs, Whiplash, Back to the Future, The oh, Shining. Whiplash is shit. I haven't seen it in a long time. Taxi Driver, Room, Shutter Island. Not The Room. Room, room, room is with Brie Larson. It's yes. fantastic. <laughs> room, uh, Shutter Island, Prisoners, The Incredibles, Moon, Lost in Translation, 28 Days Later, Sicario, Spider-Man, the original Spider-Man, Sam Raimi. I love that movie. Don't don't give me that look. Uh, Hereditary and Prometheus. Motherfucker. I, I love Prometheus. Prometheus? Yes. Oh, don't ask me why. I just love it. I can't help it. That movie blows dick. Oh, don't you say that. Uh, the one How movie that Chris didn't talk about that would be in my honorable mentions. A lot of his are kind of similar to mine. I would say Casino as well. I know Chris hasn't mm. seen that one yet, but Chris, nope. Casino's up there. Oh, and right. Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. Nice. Guys are so safe. All right. I'll close this out. Uh, sorry for running so late. Uh, follow us on Twitter, WPR Podcast. Uh, rate us on iTunes. That helps us a lot. Tell your friends and share us on Twitter or Facebook or anything else you want to share us on. And... Uh, I asked it last week, but I'll ask it again. What are your favorite, maybe maybe if you don't have a top ten, what are your five. favorite five movies? Uh, DM us. Send us an email. I don't care. And we'll shout you out. We'll give you um, it goes give your down shout out. down in the DMs. Yeah. Yeah. All that good stuff. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, cheers. Cheers.